Good morning. Let's give it up for the band leading us in worship. Oh, oh, so good. So good. So good to be back. So good. So good. So good. Oh, man. Corona. I just want to say Genesis Metro, we always try to do it the best. All right. To do it the best. And after talking to every pastor that I know, and all the ones in Frisco, we're on a long, long, long thread about how we're handling all of these things. I just want you to know that we have had the worst outbreak of Corona of any church in Frisco, Texas. So, so we didn't just stop at one case, all right? We went it all the way to 40, okay? And so, so uh, you know, you know, feels good, feels good that we beat it, we beat it. Um, if y'all don't know it, uh, Genesis Metro has now cured Corona, so this is now a Corona-free zone. Um, it's an advertising point. And so, uh, in all seriousness, uh, I want to start off this morning's message, uh, and I want to thank the online audience, uh, so many people. Uh, it's been 20 weeks we counted up for those that were unable to come because of child care issues or because of uh, autoimmune issues. And many of these people that are, have missed church for the last 20 weeks are people that have never missed church in 18 years. And so I know that they are hurting. And I know that many of you are experiencing your personal crises as a result of the pandemic and the economic ramifications, the mental anxiety. Uh, we have coined the term Corona crazy. Has anybody experienced Corona crazy during this season? Anybody in here? I, I'm betting that you have. Any, we're not meant to live isolated. Can I, can I get an amen? Is it, can, can we, like that's what the Bible says. Like God said that it was not good for man to be alone. And when we isolate ourselves, we give rise to an opportunity to, I think, the enemy to begin to sow seeds of dissension in our minds, uh, bad thoughts, bad habits. And maybe even we can move toward uh, spiritual laziness where, you know, it's easy to turn on the, the broadcast. But the church ultimately is meant to meet. And the reason why we meet together is to encourage one another. And so as we get to sing this song just a moment ago, I mean, I, I think that, that Carrie Job is like literally the voice of God in that song, right? The blessing. I mean, like, and you like, how, how is even like every parent in here, like, and your children, and your children. I mean, like, that's, that's like, that's, man, I want that. I want that for my kids. If y'all didn't know, um, a lot's gone on in the Bourne household over the last couple of weeks. Uh, my eldest son, uh, that was leading just a moment ago, uh, got married. Yeah, got married. Yeah. Eldest Berberic got married. So all the single people are now taken on our staff. So that's a new era. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things. Carrie is actually out of town right now. Her sister got married yesterday. So Two weeks, three weddings, lots going on. Since we last met, my whole entire family had the corona. And I want to say a quick thank you to all of the church members. There was a lot of pulled pork that showed up at the Born Casa. And on behalf of the Borns, I love pulled pork. And so um, thank you uh, in sincerity for loving on my family. Uh, so oftentimes, uh, we give without any expectation 
of anything given back. But when you are down and laying in the bed and have some disease that's <laughs> taken the world, you do need others to come alongside of you and to encourage you. And as I'm going to preach this morning, a couple of the rocks that were laid out here months ago before there was such a thing as Corona, it is fortuitous that the God of word, the God of word, the word of God is never late, but it's always on time. It's always the exact word you need at the exact moment. And so a long front porch to set up this morning's message called Unlocking the Loop. Unlocking the Loop. Um, and we're going to try to experiment. This is going to be your chance to participate if you've ever been to a karaoke bar. I'm going to go for it. Are you ready? Sweet Caroline. Oh, a bunch of heathen bar attenders in here. I'm trying to put a loop in your brain. Have you ever noticed when you hear something like that at the start of a day that you'll start going through your day and like you're at work, you're working away in like that little loop. You get stuck in there and you'll be like, sweet Caroline. And like you can't, has he ever had a song stuck in your head that you couldn't get? Anybody in here ever had that feeling? Like, yeah, it's like, like TikTok, you know, it's like, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's for the younger people in here. So um, these loops start occurring and, and if you're not careful, they, they begin to like just last and last and last. And we can actually project that same psychology into relationships. We could say that, have you ever noticed that some people get stuck in a loop of bad relationships? Anybody in here? Anybody ever notice that? Like, they keep picking people that don't have their best interest in mind. Has anybody ever notice this? It's like, well, I'm gonna change him. Anybody? 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 Like, hey, 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 just let me give you some dating advice. Just let me help you out right now. Um, you are not dating to change them, okay? You, you are dating them as they are. And if they ever change, then you count yourself blessed. But I wouldn't get involved in a relationship if they're not already in the proximity of what you want ultimately in a mate. And so if you are seeing wholesale changes that need to be made at the beginning, probably not ready to date them, okay? Let them fix that before you start dating them, all right? Otherwise, you could be in a long road of pain. And so we, sometimes we get stuck in relationships uh, cycles, but sometimes we get in loops of our own attitude. Have you ever noticed your attitude has cycles? Has anybody noticed that? It's like, um, you, and if you're, if you're an introspective person, you might be able to look toward what is the catalyst for that. So in other words, you might have a good attitude when you have money in the bank. But you might have a fragile attitude when you are uncertain as to how you're going to pay your bill. You might have a link toward praise that if your boss, parents, teacher, coach, when they praise you, you have a great attitude. But when you get coached or critiqued, fairly or unfairly, it causes you to go into a depression or an anxiety. 
You might find that whenever you're in your spiritual setting, maybe that when you go to church, you feel a certain uh, peace in your life, but when you're separated from your church family, that that darkness begins to close in on you. And so you need to be aware of those cues of, of what is a catalyst, what's causing that cycle, because you can never unlock the loop if you don't understand why you're doing it. That many times our brokenness in our current, in our present is linked to broken things that have happened in the past. And when we start to experience something similar to the event that happened in the past, we return to the same emotion and then we get in that loop. And then we begin to repeat the loop over and over again. Now, I'm going to talk to my married people for just a moment. Or if you're long-term dating somebody. Are your arguments, are you even, do you even take the time to fight about original things? Or once you're in a relationship, tell me if I'm wrong. Do you just fight about the same things over and over again? Same? Raise your hand if it's the same. Raise your hand if it's the same. All the married people in here. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be the same. Like, we're not even, you know, we're not even... Um, uh, we don't have the effort to even find the new things. We just, like somebody's perpetually late, we're going to fight about it. Someone is direct, we're going to fight about it. Well, I don't like the way you said it. And so wh whatever the thing is, we get stuck in this loop. And we never think to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to repackage that in a way that they can receive it. And so we are destined, we are doomed to repeat the loop. And so I hope today that I can give you a couple of passages that were written on these rocks, I'm going to say prophetically, um, so that we might preach it here today. The Apostle Paul wrote letters to all of these churches. Now, I've only planted one church, okay? So I only have like one set of several hundred, almost 1,200 children, okay? I can't even imagine being the Apostle Paul with all of these churches. I don't even know how many. But he's planting a church movement that's going to change the world. And when you plant something, okay, if you started your own business, you'll relate to this. When you plant something, it's personal. Like, it's personal. Your life, your soul, your everything is wrapped in that thing. Like, there's no separation of identity. When you see the borns, the Borns are Genesis Metro. Genesis Metro is the Borns. And so you want the very best, the very best for every single person that walks through the door. You want them to experience Jesus on the most radical level. And no matter how they respond, your effort has to remain. Because the next person's going to walk in and they're going to need Jesus. And the next person is going to walk in and they're going to need Jesus. And if I ever predicate my effort on the response, then I could get discouraged. But if it's predicated on the potential of a life being changed, then my effort must remain the same because my effort ultimately is for God. And God has loved me, saved me, therefore I must love him and try to love the things that he loves. And you know what God loves? God loves you. God loves every sinner all the way towards redemption. 
And so as we preach this morning's message, I want you to think of the Apostle Paul writing a letter to all these churches and in some form or fashion in the salutation and the, in the greeting or in the exit of the letter, he's going to encourage them and admonish them. And he's always going to include this word love. And so we'll just see how this plays itself out. And I hope today that maybe you can unlock some loops in your own life. It says in Colossians chapter three, can I get a picture of that rock real quick? Look at that one. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. I don't know who these rocks are, by the way. I have yet to have the person come to me and say, that was my rock. So if, if, if I preach your rock, would you please let me know? Because um, I'm, I'm, I would be fascinated to know why that person wrote that rock down at the time. Colossians 3, it says, put on then like a garment, Put on then as God's chosen ones, as Christians, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. He's going to go through a laundry list of things. So we're talking about our, our outfit, our Christian outfit. We're putting together our Christian outfit this morning. He said, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Unlocking the loop. Point number one, it says put on. So put on is an instruction. And it reflects that there is a decision of the will. A decision of the will that you have to make a decision, just like you made a decision what you were going to put on today to come to church. You're gonna make a decision what you put on tomorrow as you go to work. You have to make a decision about the things that you want to wear. And God is saying as a believer that there are expectations for each of us about what we clothe ourselves in. What is the garment that we're going to wrap ourselves in? So if the Apostle Paul is saying that you have to put on these things, he's indicating to us that we have to make this decision. And if he's indicating that we have to make this decision, there's a reason because there is a current that is always going to be flowing against your desire to put this on. Let me just ask you a question. Let me, ask, just, let me throw this out there. I don't know if y'all are like me, but... Have you ever, have you ever woke up and uh, you kind of just woke up in a bad mood? Anybody in here by show of hands? Like, is that, ever, is that a unique experience to me? Like you just, you kind of wake up, you just kind of feel blah. Anybody ever just feel blah? Like, blah, I just don't want to, I don't want to get up today. I just want to sleep for the rest of my life. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what you might feel, but I can tell you that you might start off even great and then you get to work and then right out of the gate, someone blasts you with some problem that was unexpected. And now you're, you're like, oh, what? I didn't even know that was gonna happen today. You might get an email and it has unexpected news. You might get a text from somebody that you weren't expecting them to be negative, just shots. 
And I don't know if you've ever had a season in your life where you felt like you were fighting Mike Tyson. <laughs> Anybody ever had that? It's like, it's like wham, and you get up off the ground, wham. And, and it, Mike Tyson just will not stop, okay? I have felt that way at times during the corona crisis. It's like, oh, okay, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. Oh, 40 people have it. <laughs> Shut it back down. Oh, no, Lord. And so I don't know if this has been the same feeling that anyone else has had, but it's during these moments that you can move toward asceticism. You can move toward a hopelessness. You can start moving toward these negative vibes in your persona, in your spirit. And the apostle Paul said, there's always a current. Did you know you can always find negative people? Did you know that? You have to work to find positive people. You have to work at it. You do not have to work at finding negative people. I mean, just, just, throw, a, just throw a little like, I don't know, guys. I, was, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Just throw one of those out in a crowd of five people, all right? And little negative Nelly, like a tractor being, I don't agree either. I've thought it all the time. I don't like the way they said that. I don't like the way they do things around here. They will, like a moth to a flame, negative people, negative. Find a positive person. Let's move it past a positive person. Find a godly positive person. How many of those you found this week? How many of those you found this week that just, you know, randomly at your work office, just people just blessing you? Like, hey, you know, you're having a bad day this week. I just want to pray for you. I just want to bless you. I just want to ask God's favor in your life. I guarantee you, you'll have more of the former than you will of the latter. So what is the apostle Paul saying? He's saying that there has to be a decision of your will, that you are going to put on these things, that the natural flow, the natural current that we live in a sinful fallen world is going to be pulling toward negativity. It's going to be pulling toward depression. It's going to be pulling toward anxiety. It's going to be pulling toward fear. It's going to be pulling toward lust. It's going to be pulling toward addiction. It's going to be pulling always. That river is flowing at a torrent pace every day that you wake up. And the only way that you can resist the current that is flowing against you is to put on these things. Put on a compassionate heart. Put on patience. The Apostle Paul says that we have to aim at the right attributes. That this will not happen by accident. Your clothes did not accidentally get on your body today. You looked in your closet, some of you took time. Some of you might have ironed. Some of you might have made sure you dropped off at the cleaners, whatever. Some of you put more effort in. And then some of you are like, I'm just going to throw this on. But, but it didn't happen by accident. It happened on purpose. What you wore, how you'd styled yourself, how you prepared your face. Well, all the things. It did not happen on accident. It happens on purpose. The Apostle Paul says we have to aim at the right attributes. When it comes to relationships, Christians are held to a higher standard. We might be tempted in the flesh to fight fire with fire. Anybody in here have that, have that bent? Anybody have fight fire with fire? Anybody? 
Like the confrontational people. They're like, oh, I'm not going to take this. You know, you fight fire with fire, everything burns down, right? Right? You ever thought about that? You answer fire with fire, everything burns down. What if the Apostle Paul is saying here that you have to answer fire with forgiveness? Does that, does that feel right? They shot at me in this arrow and now I have to return compassion? They're punching me and I have to be patient? Do you see, it's, that is not natural. That is not natural. It is a, a supernatural, divine thing that believers have access to that no one else does. That God gives us the ability to put on compassion in the midst of the chaos. That we can have patience even when people are punching us. And that one forgiveness really stuck out to me. He said, bearing with one another. <laughs> bearing with one another. Patience and bearing with one another. Think about that for a moment. Most of the time when we think of bearing with one another, that's a burden. But in all relationships that are going to be healthy, in all relationships that are going to last a lifetime, in all relationships that are going to be able to meet the marathon, there's going to be a season that you have to bear with one another. Did you know that? That all healthy relationships embrace the burden of bearing with one another. They have to say, you know what? Like we've said at the altar the last two weeks at three weddings, for better or in sickness and in, in times of joy and in times of. So you guys already know that, that it, there's going to be a season where you have to bear with. As church member, the apostle Paul was saying, you've got to bear with. You've got to bear with. You're not going to get along with everyone. Do you think Pastor Tim gets along with everyone? Does anybody think that? Do you think there's any personality types that might be like, like fingers on a chalkboard? Does anybody think that? Does anybody think that? Yeah, sure. But am I allowed to then segregate or to, to treat them differently as a result of they're not my favorite or something like No, I bear because I'm the shepherd. I bear, I, I, I'm willing to overlook, I'm willing to extend grace, I'm willing to love. Maybe I don't know their whole story, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because I wanna love them to Jesus and I'm not gonna let my personal proclivities short circuit the process. So I want you to be thinking about that, that, that how are you showing the resilience, whether in your marriage, in your parenting, in your friendships, in your church, how are you putting on that desire to bear the burden of bearing with one another. Let's talk about the freedom in forgiveness. Did you guys know that there's freedom in forgiveness? He says, forgiving one another, let's put the verse back up on the screen. Forgiving one another as God, as the Lord has forgiven you. Let's put that on the screen, okay. Now many Christians, I think, yeah, I don't wanna take a swipe, but I will. Um, I think many Christians struggle with forgiveness. 
I think many times we hold people hostage to our anger. I think forgiveness is hard. The mistake we make though, I think oftentimes is believing that our hate or bitterness towards someone is hurting them. <laughs> I have bad news for you. I have, I have bad news. When you're in your car and you're singing that song that is like Taylor Swift revenge, okay? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, Lil Wayne, if you're, whatever, you know, Eminem or what, whatever rage song that you have. And like, you are like, and you're thinking of them, right? And you're like, yeah, Carrie Underwood, you know, the, whatever that cheating song was that she wrote. And you're like, take my Louisville slugger on the song. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, and I've seen people like, you know, just get gassed up as a result of like singing this song, you know, and they're just like, totally like yeah and they're thinking of this person and like they're in their mind they're hitting them with the baseball bat do you know that that person that you're thinking about they're probably at home you know sipping a glass of wine and have no idea how angry you are with them they they went to bed that night and they did not lose one wink of sleep as a result of your bitterness do you know who your hate is affecting you Hate is hurting you. Bitterness is going to rob you of a blessing. And as you say, Tim, you don't know what they did. I am not excusing their bad behavior. I am not saying it's okay that they hurt you. I am not saying that. I'm not saying that they deserve forgiveness. But the standard that God set was not, do they deserve forgiveness? He said that you have to forgive them because God forgave you. It doesn't mean that you need to have a relationship where you see them all the day. Maybe they haven't earned trust. Maybe you don't even need to be in a physical, like ever see them at all. But on a spiritual level, you have to extend forgiveness. Because if God forgave us of our sins when we deserve judgment, if when we were at our lowest, ugliest sin that we would ever commit and yet Jesus died on a cross for that, that should fill us to the point that we can say, God, I forgive them. God, I'm releasing it. I'm not gonna hold on to this anymore. I just wanna be clean before you, God, I wanna have no short-circuiting because if we're not careful, sometimes we'll allow exterior relationships to start affecting our interior relationships, our home life. We can allow bad relationships with parents in our past to affect our current marriage. We can allow bad parenting in our past to affect bad parenting in our house. Man, don't you wanna unlock that loop? If you'll put on these attributes of God, I promise you, you'll unlock some areas in your life. And when you say, I forgive you, when you forgive them before God and you extend grace that they don't deserve, I'm telling you, the weight that will be lifted from your soul, from your soul, weight that you have never, I don't care if you've bench pressed 300 pounds, it does not compare to unforgiveness in the heart. You wanna be free? Forgive. Forgive. Then he goes on and he says, 
about love. I love this verse. Verse 14, it says, above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. To the Corinthian church, he said, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. In Hebrews 10, uh, 23 and 24, he says, let us spur or stir one another up to love and let's not give up the meeting together so much as more as we see the day approaching. That's like the last day. So here the apostle Paul is writing to three different churches, but yet he has the same advice to all of them. Almost like they needed a reminder because you wouldn't say it to everyone unless it was one of those bullet points that you include in like the OSHA presentation, like don't do this and make sure you do this. And then you have to check the chart to say that you did it. And then you'll email me the screenshot of whenever you filled out that thing and you'll send that over to me in triplicate. And so the thing that the apostle Paul is saying that you got to have, if you're going to have church, he said, love. Now, isn't that irony? We might be saying to ourselves, well, yeah, Tim, like, of course we got that. Like love. We all love each other here, right? We don't, nobody ever does anything mean to anybody in church, right? No sinners get out of line in church, right? My gosh. I think that as we go into this next season of our church, folks, I think we're, it's going to be difficult. I think we're going to have a season of rebuilding. We're going to have a season where people have the opportunity to step up and serve, to bring their talents to the table, to reach people for Christ. You don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Why would you do it in the midst of your crazy, busy life? Because love, that's why. You say that people are worth loving. He said, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together. Leave that verse on the screen. It, the tie that binds is love. It binds everything together in perfect harmony. You know, there's some things that the love of God won't let you do. The love of God won't let you take your pound of flesh, even though it would feel so good, so good, so good. Revenge, right? Oh, if you had the opportunity, would you take it? Would you take it? If you held their life in your hands and now here is your moment to strike back sweet, cold death upon them. As a believer, you know what love won't let you do? Love won't let you do that. If you constantly are trying to even the score, I just strongly encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 13 that love bears no record of wrongs, that love doesn't scoreboard. Love won't let you. If you're finding yourself constantly trying to get even, I pray that you would be set free from that. Love won't let you dwell in the past. Love won't let you quit just because things become difficult. Did you know that? Like we have people serving in here today. Several, like I think at least 
six families that had the Rona four weeks ago. Do you, do you, guys, you guys get that? Like, you could easily say, couldn't you? That if, well, if I got it, I need to, I'm not going back until like there's a wholesale cure. As soon as we say we're reopening, they're like, put me down, I'll be there. I'm like, we have completely, perfectly healthy people that are not concerned about getting it, that are just sitting on the sidelines. And I'm not saying that as an attack on them. I'm saying that the love of God compels some to say it's worth, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it because I want to serve people, I want to love people. And I just want to say, can we honor those people in here today that are willing to go through it, come back and say, I'm still willing to do it? Yeah, I think that's worthy of honor. Love won't let you turn a blind eye when your friend is going down the wrong road. Man, don't be that silent person. Can I help you today? Please, can I help you? A lot of times you're gonna see your best buddies and they're gonna start saying things they shouldn't say. They're gonna start doing things they shouldn't do. They're gonna start entertaining relationships that they shouldn't be in. Are you their friend if you watch them drive off the cliff if the train is pulling toward the end of the track and they don't know that it's falling into the abyss, would you be their friend if you didn't warn them? Man, I just want to encourage you. You would rather tell them the truth in love, tell them the truth than to sit back and think that you're being a friend by not confronting them. Jesus did not allow us to live in our sin comfortably. He said, you know what happens at the end of sin? Death, destruction. Now, wouldn't you rather know that there is a penalty for sin so that you can figure out the escape that Jesus said, just like there is a penalty for sin, there is also a reward when we turn in our faith toward Jesus Christ. So I want you to know that a friend that loves does not look the other way. Love um, also, it says the, the fruit of it, of love is harmony. Did you notice that? It says that it ties everything together and that there's harmony. I don't know if y'all familiar with harmony, but harmony is when people can sing different parts and it blends together like it's one voice. I want you to think about that for a moment. If your life is identified, surrounded, and is in constant chaos, could it be that you need a little bit more love in your life? Because if love is the tie that binds and brings harmony to all things, whenever there's chaos, confusion, and constant conflict, it would be a, a tell, it would be a litmus test to be able to say, you know what, maybe love is lacking. Someone is not bearing with another. Someone is not putting on compassion and kindness. Someone is not saying that they're going to allow love to cover a multitude of sins. And so what I want to say to you is whenever you start to feel that chaos around you, 
Instead of diving down and saying, I'm going to fight fire with fire, instead of diving down and say, I'm going to resolve to, to be bitter or I'm going to start sulking or I'm going to just isolate myself even more. Man, if you could, get on your knees and ask God to give you more love, more love. And when he puts grace in your heart, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at how quick, how quick your spirit can turn it around. I hope today that some of you that might find yourself in these loops, if you're wrestling for the solution to get out of the constant chaos in your marriage, I'm gonna tell you right now, you pray this passage, you will be reconciled. If your faith has been shaken during this time and you say to yourself, is it even worth it? Is it, is it even worth it? I mean, go down there to that church, catch the corona, work in the children's area, those children probably bring corona to me. I don't know. I, I can tell you how I feel about it. That's all I can tell you. I can tell you that I love you enough that I would do it. And if I got Corona 10 times, I'd be right here doing my job, being the pastor of Genesis Metro Church with love in my heart, trying to save as many lost people as we possibly can. That's the heart of our church. I thank you for being here today. I pray for the safe return of those that are watching online. And I pray that our church would always be marked by this attitude, that when someone walks through those doors, they're gonna experience kindness. They're gonna experience grace. They're gonna experience love. They're gonna experience people that not only will bear with them in the good times, but will walk with them through the valleys also. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us unlock the loops that hold us back. God, I pray for the faith of everyone in here that you would begin raising up leaders. That every church in America right now is experiencing a sifting, a shaking, where endurance, grit, Commitment are all going to be challenged. And God, I pray that Genesis Metro would rise to that challenge. That we would hold to the tenets, the principles upon which we were founded. That lost people that are hopeless and in darkness deserve our very best. And that God, if you reached down and saved us, how selfish would we be if we just used your salvation for us and not to pay it forward to the next person that walks in the room. God, I pray that you grow our love, that you set people free today, God, that they would extend forgiveness for anyone that they're holding on hate towards. Lord, we ask these things in your name. And the church said, amen. Would you guys stand as we worship?